Well, I suppose I can only speak on my own behalf, really, and I just feel that the sentiments are well-meaning in the letter, naturally, but they're about as unrealistic as her predecessors were in its advice. It's all very well to say to somebody, get up, get out, and get on with your life now, you know, forget about it. But what they have to forget is not easy to forget what they lived through during COVID. Yeah, I, I did wonder that whether, you know, uh, some some elderly people who spent the, 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 you know, the bones of two years being isolated from family, community, and may even indeed have have lost friends and loved ones and didn't get to see them in their final days, whether that's something they can't just put behind them and, and, and move on. No, there are too many bad memories, really. Um, on a personal level, I was locked up. I was literally locked up. My family could come to the window. My grandchildren stood on the road. And I remember the first St. Patrick's Day, which we all love St. Patrick's Day, it was the worst thing in my life. They brought their little, they, they were all made up for the parade. They had no parade, naturally, they had in their own house because they had a big garden in the winter and they made their own parade. But they were doing their singing and their dancing outside on the road. And I was inside the window and they were looking in at me as if, what's wrong with her, like, or is there something wrong with me? And, you know, that's only a minor thing in comparison to those people that are living completely isolated and lost either a spouse or a sibling or all of a sudden then the funeral situation, 20 people at a funeral, if there was even a funeral allowed. People, you know, funerals really are closure for people and that's, that's, that has an awful effect on everybody, on everybody really, but especially on older people because it's part, it was part of our lives growing up. You know, you went, I know I'm going on a bit about funerals now, but I mean, you did go to the funeral and there was closure and, you know, you, you were able to sympathise with the bereaved people and whatnot, but that wasn't possible either. And if you think about it, Alan, 20 people at a funeral... That was shocking, no matter who you lost, whether it was a good friend or a sibling or a parent. And uh, that was ongoing, really and truly, you know. And and, um, to lock us up, which is what we were, made made me very cross after it was all over. Because all of a sudden, and I've said this before, I was in a box all of a sudden. I was over 70. So all of a sudden, then I was old. I was never old in my life really until covid came would you I accept would you accept though okay that you know it wasn't nice to go, to live through that or experience that but that it was it was necessary because uh, you know older members of the community were particularly vulnerable to this uh, this this uh, disease uh, this uh, you know covid and uh, particularly in the early days when we didn't know as much as eventually we came to know about it and we didn't have the vaccines back in in march of 2020 Yes, I agree that it was necessary to a certain extent, but maybe not to the extreme that it became. If you think about it, our borders weren't closed, so therefore there was free access to Ireland, up or down across the border or across the Irish Sea. I, I, you know, it didn't work for, for everybody, but it worked for the older people because we did what we were told. We cocooned. But I'll tell you, if it ever came back again, Alan, I certainly wouldn't cocoon for anyone anymore. You've had your fill of it. I've had my fill of it and more than I could really hope to, you know, it, 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 the memories of it. You know, you, you could go maybe from the sitting room in the morning, you could go into the kitchen or you could go around and look out the window, go out in the garden. Thank God I had a garden to go out in. But as for, I lost all my independence, as all older people did really, because we had to depend on people who did our shopping for us 
And I'm not criticising them in any way because without them or without our families, we wouldn't have lived at all. And, you know, the community effort that was put into place by everybody at that stage was absolutely brilliant. And we do, we, we do appreciate it and our families are excellent to us. But at the same time, we lost our independence as well. And Kay, yourself perhaps, and maybe even, you know, people you know, is there an element of perhaps it still feels like the pandemic is is ongoing that, you know, adhering to the, the public health measures at the time and, you know, keeping your distance from people, wearing masks and all that, that perhaps a significant number of elderly people are still doing all of that and are still wary of going out or if they do, they wear a mask the whole time and they're always wondering whether they're going to catch COVID, that for them it, it hasn't really ended. Well, I was at a meeting the other day and it had a cross-section of uh, members of active retirement from the Midwest, which covered Clare, Limerick and Tipperary, and everybody in that room agreed that we were still fearful and that there were an awful lot of people still weren't going out because they were afraid. First of all, they were afraid that they'd catch the virus. Secondly, they were afraid that they'd have to go to hospital, God rest their souls if they did, because they could end up in a trolley and never be found. Sorry now for being sarcastic about the hospital situation, but that's a real-life fear with older people, really. Or with anybody, that, that, that something will have to be done about that. And everybody agreed, though, that, you know, we're, we're all hesitant. We're going back slowly but surely, but there are an awful lot of people that aren't. Even some of the more encouraging words from Professor Smith's letter, you know, she's highlighting the strong link between loneliness and chronic health conditions and poorer mental health, uh, highlighting the feel-good factor of spending time with people close to us. She's encouraging older people to meet up with friends and family members and, and, and loved ones that, that, that you would still know people who might be a little bit wary of doing so. Absolutely. Even our own group, prior to COVID, we had 140 members. We hardly have 100 now. Now, we did lose some to COVID, of course, naturally. But, I mean, outside of that, we still have people that are still um, still too anxious, you know, to come to the, the group meeting as such. People are going back slowly but surely. On a personal level, like, I would find it very hard to go into a very crowded area now. I have done at times. I've gone, I have travelled even because I had to. And... Uh, but I, would, I am still very nervous doing that. I always wear my mask. And most of those people the other day, there was a few of us in the room that were wearing masks by choice because we wanted to. I know we're like a pink cushion. I have five vaccinations, Scott, and that's fine. But I mean, I got sick over Christmas. I picked up the virus, not COVID, but I picked up one of the new fandangle viruses that nearly killed me. And I was in a foreign country and my daughter-in-law was able to stand at the end of the bed and she said, aren't you the lucky one you got sick in Ireland? Or you got sick here, if you got sick in Ireland, you'd be dead. Uh, and oh, so said, the C- Thanks very much. Mm. That's very, that's very <laughs> So the CMO's assurance in the letter in terms of vaccinations and antiviral treatment that we're in a much better place and that you can feel safe while engaging with others and encouraging people to do the things they love and get involved in their local community, that assurance mightn't translate as well to some elderly members of the community as perhaps Professor Smith hopes? No, I don't think it will. But I mean, I have to say, everybody is encouraging all those people that are still a bit hesitant to come back and uh, to mix again with the community as such. But it's not easy, really, you know. It's not easy because the the effect, as I said already, uh, that COVID had on some people 
the fear, that fear, it's not easy to get to, it's not, when you're afraid of something, Alan, it's not easy to, to drop it or, or to say, oh, well, look, put that in the box there, I'll be fine and I'll take off. You know, that's not easy for, for a much older person. If they're at home alone, you know, they tend to, they've got, got into a new routine now and, and they're just not moving out. Okay, we do have to leave it there. But, I'll just uh, say one thing before. Of course you can, yeah. Don't mind, and it's a very light one. And it's personally really to uh, Professor Breda Smith. We always washed our hands in my day. We washed them before we sat down to the table, when we got up, when we went to bed. Now, the only difference was that she said that it taught us a better protective, um, um, you know, to, to, to wash our hands was a better thing. The only difference was that we washed them now in antibacterial, but I'll tell you, in my day, we washed them in carbolic soap and there wasn't much that would hit you after that. 